Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silberch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. And if you've never been up to the Northwoods of Wisconsin and to Silberch Ranch, I encourage you to do so. You can check out silberchranch.org. We do a variety of year-round retreats, whether it's men's retreats, women's retreats, father-son, mother-daughter, um, quilting, stamping, scrapping. Um, and then there's youth retreats. You know, if you're a youth pastor, you attend a church where they're looking for a place to go. We, during the year, we do a lot of weekend retreats where you can come and hang out, unplug. We have activities where you could do stuff together in God's creation, whether it's zip lining or horseback riding or, um, just walking around or playing mini golf, depending on the time of year or going tubing in the snow, like right now. Um, and then we have summer camp. You know, many of you have probably been to summer camp, uh, whether here or somewhere else, but here we just love creating a space for you to come and enjoy life together with other people and hear about God's word and grow in your relationship with Christ. And so I encourage you to check out that. We also have a one-year Bible college program here called Nicolay Bible Institute, uh, which is a great opportunity to not only come and learn and grow in your understanding of who God is and your, and the, your knowledge of the Bible and just develop that, but it really will help you establish um, healthy habits for whatever area of life that you go in. It's more than just a school program. It's, I would say it's, it's a, an intense discipleship opportunity because we, we set you up with a mentor for the year and you get exposed to serving within the camping ministry context. So we teach how to serve. And by the end of the year, it's really life-changing because it, it sets you up with a worldview to, to take on life from a different perspective and to, to love God and love other people. And so if that is something that, uh, that you know, it's like you don't know what you want to do, well, come and hang out with us for a year. It's a lot of fun. NicolayBibleInstitute.org. Bible, um, and then we also have the Wolf River Refuge. The, the refuge is another um, location that we have just five minutes away from main campus of Silver Ranch, and it's smaller, um, and it can be more intentional. Because it's smaller, we can, we can service um, youth groups that want to come and take the whole facility and just be themselves. And so discipleship is a huge thing that we can do over there because it could be a space where you can um, just hang out as a group, get to know each other, um, do fun things together. And it's, it's just a quaint, beautiful area um, as well. And so uh, if, you, if you haven't been up here, I encourage you to do so. There's so many different ways because our goal is to try to give you a um, an opportunity and a space to to change things. You know, as, as we talked about on this, sh- this show, Dave, and you've mentioned this b- before, a change of place, place and, and a change, change of pace, pace challenges your perspective. Absolutely. Um, and, and especially in a world where we're so inundated with technology, so inundated with being on our phones and not being with people in person and relating, uh, we want to try to do that. Not only so that you can grow in relationship with each other, but ultimately grow in relationship with our maker and creator um, and your relationship with Jesus Christ, because that's what matters. Um, and so head over to silbertranch.org. We're getting ready for summer. I mean, right now there's snow on the ground still, but man, things are getting busy um, in my office. Uh, usually, you know, when summer's coming because my office slowly fills up with junk. It does. Um, because it just gets busier. And so right now I'm in the middle of planning our theme uh structure i would say that we put in the in the in the field you know each each year we pick a theme dave and we've done pirate themes we've done medieval themes and this summer we're doing a new theme called freedom it's a kind of robin hood style oh fun and so we're going to be building a wooden style fort um and so i'm trying to figure out what all goes into that so that the young people can have a lot of fun cool so like I said, I encourage you to, to follow us on social media, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, or uh, YouTube. And uh, otherwise, head to our website, org, and you can 
learn more about any of the things I just talked about. But, you know, if this is the first time that you're joining us on the show, we love just to have conversations about life. You know, uh, Dave's older than I am. Uh, I'm younger, I'm getting older, but I'm a, I'm a dad of three boys. I have children Jason's yep. age, so that gives you the perspective. It's another generation. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, as we talk through things, even though we might have had different experiences, oftentimes we, we come to the same conclusions on how to, to align uh, what scripture says and how we can make it practical, practical to our lives, you know, right. rather than, than disconnecting the two. Um, we like having conversations on how you can marry the two. Yeah. And you know, it, the things that are important haven't changed. Right. Uh, through all of history, the things that, that are important, a relationship with God, relationship with people, family, these things are still important. These are the things that Satan goes after and tries to destroy because they're the foundation to everything. And, Really, it hasn't changed throughout all of history. There, there are different ways that Satan attacks. He looks at different ways to attack. Yeah. But the, still, in essence, we are made to be relational with God. We are made to be relational with each other. And if we're not doing that, mm-hmm. then we're going to lose out in life. Right. And uh, so some things will never change. How we talk about it might change. The vocabulary, as we talked about in our last program, might change. Um I was reading in Ecclesiastes 12, 11 to 14, and I thought of this generation. So let me read that to you, yeah. if I could. Okay. It says this, The words of the wise are like goads, like nails firmly fixed are the collected sayings. They are given by one shepherd. My son, beware of anything beyond these. Of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness to the flesh. The end of the matter, all has been heard, Fear God and keep his commandment, mm-hmm. for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. And I read that verse and I think, wow, there is a lot of, now here it says there's the, the books are never ending. Yeah. Well, the internet is never ending. Oh, yeah. Books are never ending. Everybody has an opinion on something. At the beginning of this verse, here's what it, it talks about. It talks about one shepherd. That's That's God. Yep. So when you hear what God says about family, about himself, about creation, whatever it might be, there's one God. And when you hear what he says, it's like a goad. And, and this is a very picturesque thing in the Bible. A goad is, is an ox goad. It's usually a, a long pole, maybe six to eight feet long, with a, a nail or something out of the one side and a flat end on the other. The flat end is used to clean the plow because the ox is pulling a plow normally. And the goat itself is used to just poke the, the, the ox to keep the ox pulling. Mm-hmm. Now, if the ox gets mad at the person that's got the goat and, and tries to kick, it's the ox that loses. Yeah. Whenever the oxen kick and they're in a yoke, they're, in other words, they're pulling an ox cart or they're pulling a plow, and they kick, they hurt themselves. Mm-hmm. And so you never go against the goad. And what's being said here is that God's word is like a goad. Yeah. It pushes you in the right way, the right direction to do the right thing. And the implication there is if you go against the goad, you're foolish Mm -hmm. because there's no way to win going against the goad. Yeah. And so one shepherd and, and yet, what you're going to find out as this verse goes on to say is there is so much out there that claims to be truth. Mm-hmm. You need to go to the one shepherd, forget the masses of other information at first. I keep telling kids all the time, and you've heard me say it so many times, Jason, that the important things in life are simple. Mm-hmm. There's a God, 
I'm not him. He created the world. He created me to love. What does that mean? Like, you know, talk about the stuff that we know. Yeah. Now, you could have books that are endless on all kinds of things, and, and that's not going to work. And before you know it, you're, you actually are becoming confused because you have too, too many experts. The expert in life is God. Mm-hmm. The expert on death is God. Yeah. The expert on how to get the most out of life and not fear death, God. Any other book you're reading is going to leave you empty. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, I fear in this generation, in your generation below, that we've lost our sanity a little bit. I think we've lost the ability to see things clearly mm-hmm. because we have so many inputs open. Uh, I, th- when I teach at Nicolay Bible Institute, I teach a little chart. And, and people are saying, well, you know, somebody acts a certain way. You know, how do we change their action? I said, well, the, the problem really isn't their action. The problem is their hours of influence. They've spent hours yeah. and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on something. Yeah. Well, you know, and they're saying, well, they grew up in the church and they grew up in the, I understand that. But a child who grows up in the church today, let, let's just take, there's about 168 hours, I think, if I do my math right, in a week. Mm-hmm. All right. So a kid that goes to church on Sunday, a couple hours. Yeah. Maybe. 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 If it's a if they have Sunday school and church, a couple hours. If they go to a youth work, maybe an hour and a half. Yeah. Okay, that's three and a half hours, and then there's 168 hours uh, to oppose that. Mm-hmm. And we think we're winning at that point. Yeah. Because this is a good kid who goes to church and youth group. You, you just add up the amount of time they're in school, mm-hmm. the amount of time they're on the Internet, the amount of time. W- believe it or not, the hours of influence, and, and those who are struggling with pornography addictions, the parents don't know that. It's not like a child comes and says, boy, I've been viewing pornography for the last hour. It's great. I mean, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. It's a secret sin, if you want to call it. Yeah. So what happens is, after hours of influence, the normal is challenged. Mm-hmm. So so if I'm going to take in a bunch of things that I'm watching in culture, and, and, and it, whether they be private or they be at school or no matter what, it, it's creating a normal for me. Mm-hmm. And that normal eventually gives me my worldview. Yeah. And my worldview gives me my actions. So, so what we want to do, in, in essence, is be very careful about the hours of influence that goes into our heads. Yeah. Uh, eventually, though, you want your children to understand this, not just you as a parent. Mm-hmm. Because, again, if they're watching pornography, they're watching something online, they, they have access somewhere, a friend's house or at school, whatever it might be. Uh, in a store, they can get access, you know, I mean, whatever. Yeah. They're not going to tell you the hours that are coming into their, their brain. They're mm-hmm. not going to tell you about the bad things all the time. Right. But they might go back there again and dabble. And before you know it, they're looking for hours on something. Mm-hmm. I had a, a father call me and he was concerned because his son grew up in a church, all this kind of stuff. He got to a certain age and, and he declared he's, he's homosexual. He's going to live with another guy and, and he said, how did that happen? All the hours of influence were right. And I'm going, I bet you you checked back. They weren't. Mm-hmm. I bet you there was a private life there that nobody knew about. Not only that, I said, tell me about from the time he graduated from college, what did he do? Mm-hmm. He said, well, he wanted to move away from home. I said, okay, that makes sense. And he wanted to live with this guy who was gay, but he didn't want to judge him. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. So he's living with a guy who's gay who he didn't want to judge. He didn't want to tell him he was wrong. He didn't want to tell him. God made us right. So he's got all these hours of influence where he's living with somebody who he refuses to say is wrong. Yeah. Right. But that's what happened. Yeah. 
hours of influence change the normal, remember. Mm-hmm. And the normal, then that sets up the worldview and the worldview. So, uh, you know, it's really hard to get this across because, again, when you're doing something in secret, you don't tell people you're doing it. Right. And, and there are, there are, there is so much evidence right now of young people who are totally confused and distorted. And if they would be honest with you, they're spending hours and hours and hours online and in pornography sites and in other sites where who knows what. Or even, um, I had a, a, a father come to me and said, man, i watching, you know, watching my kid on gaming. Hmm. He, he said, you know, in order to be in this game, you have to be this girl that is scandally dressed and you have to be murdering people. Hmm. You know, and he said, he's, he's doing it for hours. Yeah. I said, well, that is going to affect something. Yeah. You know, it's going to affect the normal. Mm-hmm. Now, now, do I know exactly? Are there people who have watched things and, and, and they turn out great? You know, I don't know. I, I haven't, you know, I, I can't get into everybody's life. I just know that this is the normal pattern of what happens. Right. If you're going to grow up and your family, you're going to observe a family where a husband actually loves a wife, a wife loves a husband. Uh, yeah, I said that right, I think. Okay. Well, it, it, there's a model there for the children. They're mm-hmm. going to see if, if the house is a place of peace and serenity, they're going to see that. They're not going to feel comfortable in a house where people are throwing dishes at each other then. Right. You know, it, why? Because of the hours of influence that, that created a home where they were wanted, not needed because nobody's needed, but wanted and, mm-hmm. and, and where things um, very important. So, uh, I, well, and I think it's so important. I think we, we underplay the, the importance of hours of influence. It's something that I'm very mindful of, you know, especially as my boys get older. It's like, man, I want to take advantage of any time that I have with them, you right. know, and, and be in relationship with them. Because even if, if you're, tr- you know, even if you think you're intentional, you probably could take another step. You know, I encourage anybody who's listening, you know, go out to eat once this week. Go out to eat, sit down, put your phone away and observe. Yeah. You'll probably see if there is other families out, they'll probably be sitting around a table not talking on their phones. Right. So because if you take your family out to dinner, are you counting that as hours of influence? Because even if you're together, you still might, might not be influencing them. You know, at the top of the show, you talked about how, how, how Satan just likes to work and distract us. You know, that's how Satan works. We have to understand that it's like he has a box full of lures, you know. One thing about fishing I've been learning, Dave, you know, as my son's getting into fishing is you're trying to use oftentimes a lure or something to attract a fish to bite it so that you can catch it, right? I mean, and that's the way we have to think about Satan is that he's not going to throw some, you know, that you're not interested in in front of your face and be like, oh, come on. No, he knows you. He knows your weaknesses and he knows the things you like. And so he's going to tempt you in a way that's attractive, you know what Absolutely. I'm saying? And and when we think about hours of influence, if you're just dumping stuff into your life, into your mind, into what you're thinking, you know, tell me that that isn't going to influence your decisions at all. Right. It has to. I mean, it goes to the same old principle that probably goes back to your day, the garbage in, garbage out mentality. You know, the things that we dwell on. There's a reason that Paul says to take every thought captive. Why? Because everything is an influence. And we need to, to assess whether or not that influence is something that, that is coming as a beneficial influence or an influence that is trying to pull us away from the heart of God. Right. Now, you, you said something very important there that, you know, the idea of um, taking a thought captive. Yeah. The Bible makes that clear. 
Yeah. There's a lot of talk today about mental health. Right. And and what's being said is people can't take their thought captive, but yet God said we could take our thoughts captive. He told us to take our thoughts captive so we can do it. Right. We don't have to think wrong. We don't have to. We can think correctly. Right. And and those people who think wrong, wrongly, whatever the right word might be, mm-hmm. they they basically are not well because they have toxic thoughts in their head. A toxic thought would be something that goes against being healthy. A, a toxic meal, a toxic pill would be something that really hurts you. A toxic thought hurts you. You've got to keep those out of your head. Yeah. So when the world starts comparing you to them and how they dress, how they look, now look, the toxic thought is, this person's better than me. This person's you know, more popular than me. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that God created each of us in our mother's womb. Yeah, but the toxic thought is we could just take that baby and rip it out and kill it. And, and it's not really. a No, that's a toxic thought. You, you know what I find really weird is that we want to have toxic thoughts and still be mentally healthy. Hmm. It's kind of like I want to eat arsenic and not feel badly about it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you can't eat arsenic. I'm sorry, there's no way that you can do this. Yeah. Well, toxic thoughts. I think uh, toxic thoughts, like uh, the Bible tells us, and this isn't toxic, this is healthy, that God created each of us while we were in our mother's womb, that he handcrafted us, that he made us exactly where we're supposed to be. If you look in the Bible, you see that he made us as a body part. So we're a knee, we're an elbow, we're something that fits totally together. And, and we cheer each other on because all the gifts are different and, and we're just excited about what God has done. That's different than what the world says. Mm-hmm. A toxic thought goes against that. A toxic thought is, oh, I was created a male, but I'm really a female. No, that's a toxic thought. Mm-hmm. Now, there's no way that you're going to be mentally okay that way. I know, I know. You can all write me and tell me you know, what, whatever else you think. But there's no possible way because what you're saying is I'm going against the absolute that I see in God's word. Yeah. And whenever you do that, if you want to be someone who lies and you think lying will get you somewhere, that's a toxic thought that's going to come back to haunt you. Mm-hmm. If you think, you know, uh, I think it was uh, uh, J.K. Rowling who, who is in the middle of a drama. Drama. And, and, and really, I mean, I don't want to use her for an example for a lot of things because I really don't know her and I, I really haven't read all her stuff and I don't, I don't really know her. Yeah. Uh, but I do know this, that she's making some points saying that transgender people, it's just not right. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? In her viewpoint, you know, men are men and women are women. And I'm thinking, well, there's a voice that just is looking at something and saying, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. That's not a toxic thought. When you say men are men and women are women, that's not toxic. Mm-hmm. What is toxic is saying... Um, I was born a man, but I'm really a woman. Now that's toxic because now there's a conflict in your brain that, that really you can't resolve. Mm-hmm. So, so you're putting a toxic thought in your brain and then you're trying to feel good about it. Yeah. It, again, you, you, first of all, you can see it's toxic because it, it makes no sense when you apply it across the grid. For example, if, if, I'm, if I say, well, I, am, I was born in Chicago to Richard and Joyce Wager, but I'm not a human, I'm a horse. Well, no, mm-hmm. I'm not a horse. Right. Or I'm not human, I'm a piece of paper. You know, I'm not. In other words, I can't just do that across the board and say this makes sense. And it, and it doesn't make sense. So for people to stand up and medical communities to stand up and to say something like this makes sense. It, okay, here's these toxic thoughts going into our brain. Mm-hmm. And, and then we want to have mental health. 
I have no wonder why mental health is such a problem in the United States of America. Yeah. And and we can talk about it like we really care until we're blue in the face, but until we align our lives the way God wants us to live, we can't be okay. Mm-hmm. We can't. Right. You know, so I think it's important that we understand yeah, you can take every thought captive, but you need to know what the Bible says. We started out with Ecclesiastes 12, 11 to 14. I would encourage you to go back and read, if you're listening, the whole 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes. It starts off saying, remember also the creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come. When you're young, talk about God. When he talks about creator, what what do we? what is the context there? So I'm talking to your kids about God being a creator, and the context is... He made you. Mm-hmm. That's the context. Right. That's not a toxic thought. Right. Now, you're an accidental blob of protoplasm. That's a toxic thought. Mm-hmm. So t- take your thoughts captive. Right. There will be people out there that basically say, are you saying I'm wrong? Right. The answer is yes, I am. And you can be wrong if you want. That is your choice. You want to entertain toxic thoughts? That is your choice to do that. Yep. However, I don't want to entertain those. And that's what I think J.K. Rowling is saying. She's Mm -hmm. saying, you know what? This doesn't make sense to me. I don't think it makes sense to a normal human being. And therefore, I reject it. Yeah. Now, you can accept it all you want. You want to live that way, so you accept it. You take the toxic thought. You put it in your head. Because what you're doing is basically saying, I need people to affirm what I believe or I don't feel good about what I believe. Mm -hmm. What she is saying, I don't need you to affirm this. This is what truth is. And, yeah. and I understand that. I don't need truth affirmed. Whether truth is affirmed or not, it's still truth. Mm-hmm. You beat your head on a rock, you get a headache. That, that's the that's way. That's common that, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you can say anything you want about the rock. You can say, I prayed about it. God didn't turn the rock into sponge. He doesn't love me. Those are toxic thoughts mm-hmm. because, again, they don't work. So I encourage people. What, what Jason was saying, you know, you, you need to be somebody who knows what God's word says Read Ecclesiastes 12, understand what it says, and you need to to take every thought captive. And when you get a toxic thought, what do you do when you get toxic food? Mm -hmm. You throw it out. Right. That's the only way to treat toxicity is by getting rid of it. Don't tempt it. Mm -hmm. Toxic stuff will get you. You can't, you know, you can't take stuff that's toxic into your system and then say, oh, let's get it out and I'm not hurt. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't put it there in the first place. So pornography and and gossip and slander and 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 talking about um, killing the unborn it, those are toxic thoughts mm-hmm. because all of those thoughts you put those together and basically you you have a whole mess that you're trying to make not a mess and you can't really do it and then you get depression and anxiety and all kinds of other stuff that follows. So I know I'm not a psychiatrist. Psychologist. Psychologist. <laughs> that's that's a ventriloquism. Psychologist. <laughs> wow, that's mind-boggling yeah, right there, well, Dave. You know, and, and even going back to the hours of influence thing, you know, one one of the things that that you have to be intentional about is, and you, and you did the simple math. You know, you talked about young people and youth group and church and all that sort of stuff. Like what, four hours maybe? Right. But think about yourself. You know, if we want to get to know God. You know, and I, I've used this illustration as I talk to young people. It's like, you know, we all have a best friend or somebody that we're really close with. You know, and it's like, how do we get there? You get to know them. Well, how do you get to know them? You know, do you just sit next to them? Right. No, at, at some point you interact with them, you talk with them, you spend time with them. Well, the same thing goes with our relationship with God. You know, if you're just spending Sunday mornings 
and and a youth group or or say a you know a, and you're not even paying attention during those times right or yeah yeah if you're sitting in a sermon near spacey it's like is that is that your hours of influence and and that's where it's so important dave to develop a personal relationship with god on a regular basis you know if you're not reading the bible every day um why you know, and I'm not saying like spending hours. I'm just saying, I mean, it could be something as simple as 10 minutes. Yep. I mean, everybody goes to the bathroom and spends 10 minutes not even going to the bathroom. Right. You know, right. in one sitting or whatever right. it is, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Great, you know, great example. Great. You know, but that's the reality. And I'm not saying that, that you know, we're, we, we need to become monks. You know, right. I'm just saying if we are serious about our relationship with God, we have to acknowledge the fact that we all have to allow him into our lives to influence our lives. Right. Otherwise, there's no point in having a discussion. That's right. And and that that identifies what the toxic thoughts are that you keep out. Right, right. You know, and 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 I've used this illustration too. It's it's like sports. You know, sports or art or you know, whatever it is that that whatever hobby that people have, it's like, well, how do you get good at it? Yep. You practice it. Yep. You know, I could say I'm the best basketball player, Dave. You know, awesome. But if you never see me out there practicing my dribble, practicing my ball handling, practicing my three throws, there's good chances I'm not going to be that good of a basketball player. Right. You know, it takes effort, you know, and that's the same thing with our relationship with God. It just doesn't magically happen. Absolutely. And, and, and it takes, you want to make sure that the hours of influence are such where they're getting a biblical worldview. Yeah. So that's why it, every child will grow up. Your children will grow and there's going to be some point where your children will start to think mom and dad don't know that much. Mm-hmm. That's normal. Yeah. They'll come back, by the way. Yeah. They'll, they'll, but there's, a, there's this period of life. That's when a significant other adult needs to be in their life yeah. who, who also loves God. Because what that does is it allows that child to latch on to this other significant adult yeah. and, and, and learn from that significant adult who God is. And then they come back eventually and mom and dad know everything when they get older again uh, because the kids see, oh, wow, my mom and dad were this way and they really knew a lot. That is in a, in a healthy home, I think. If, yeah. if you're somebody who's walking with God, not only that, if you, you talked about regular basis uh, relationships, you don't make any decisions, I know because I've talked to you, without considering the fact that you're married and have children. Mm-hmm. So if I said, hey, let's go uh, grab a pizza real quick. Right. Y- you would say, well, I, I just need to inform my wife, you know, here's what's going on. If you were to ask me what I'm doing, you know, like, hey, let's go skiing for a couple of days. Yeah. I'd say, well, l- you know, first, in other words, the preeminent thought in my life is I'm not my own. Right. I have a family. I have a spouse. I, I'm not my own. So, so when you ask me, you ask us. Yeah. Whenever someone talks to me about life in general, what's important, et cetera, I'm not alone. I, you're, you're talking to me and God. Mm-hmm. See, now all of a sudden it becomes a relationship that is totally encompassing because marriage should be totally encompassing. Uh, some of the, the students I talk to are surprised that, that I always know where my wife is. Yeah. How can you do that? That's so overwhelming. No, it isn't. No. We're one in many respects. Uh, I mean, I don't know where the exact room in the house she's in or whatever it might be, but that's the way life is. So I encourage you, walk with God, enjoy him, get rid of the toxic thoughts. Yeah, and, and sit back and enjoy the ride because you'll see that God will start doing amazing things in your life by yeah. changing you, adapting you, you know, and, and showing things that you haven't seen before. You know, invite God in to, to show you stuff and 
sure, it might be hard at times as he chisels away bad things, but it'll be a, such a warning experience. But unfortunately, we're out of time for the conversation that we had today. I encourage you to re-listen to this episode or even talk to somebody about how you can grow deeper in your relationship with God. If there's something you don't understand, ask. But for now, this is Jason and Dave on Younger and Older. Take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.